My name's Josh. And my name's Brett. Welcome to Hapticast. Wait, wait, Josh, Josh. There's got to be a better way what? to do this. To do what? How we're recording? Our intro. We do it the same every single time. It's just getting old. I think there, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I think you're right. You want to, uh, yeah, that thing, you know, that we've been talking about, you want to go? Let's do it. All right, let's get out of here. Welcome to Haptic HQ. Everybody, welcome to Haptic HQ. This is Hapticast. My name is Josh Tull, and I am joined by my good friend Brett Roberts. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us here at our brand new Haptic HQ studio facility. It's pretty Josh, nice. What Brett. do you think? I think it's pretty nice. Um, you know, overall, I think uh, I think you know us and HBot did a good job putting it together, and. Uh, that's it. Here we are. That's Brand right. Brand new set. So, like you said, this is Hapticast. This is episode 29, I believe. Yes. 29 episodes. And more. Mm-hmm. That's We've right. We've done so many more. So, again, thank you, everybody, for joining us, and welcome to the podcast. Josh, what do we have on the docket for this so, week's podcast? What we have on the docket this week is, first of all, we're in a brand new set. Okay? Slick. That's right. Um... As far as actual topics, we're going to be talking about Duracell batteries and Microsoft controllers and why Xbox is really stupid and still fucking puts batteries in their fucking controllers without, you know, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about a modder <laughs> discovering advanced Miis hiding in Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, we're going to be talking about like Capcom's new video policy. Um and there's some interesting language in there that we're going to go over. And then we're going to be talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, you know, a game that was previously lost that is now coming back and it's going to have a physical release. Um, and then we have something I have no idea what's going on for Indie Intel this week. We're going to do something a little bit different um, with the game called, what is it? One Last Game. So stay tuned for that. Right. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So, but I know we wanted to start with Brett talking about where are we? Why are we doing this? What's happening? Let the people know. That's right. So, Josh, you know, we started doing our podcast again in 2020 at the very tail end of it. Um, yep. And, you know, it was during a pandemic. We decided that we were going to go remote and we were going to film it in two separate locations. Um, you know, it was easier. It made more sense. Yeah. However, you know, the quality just wasn't the best. Um, we had bigger visions for what the podcast was going to be. So now here we are together in Haptic HQ where we could come together and make awesome content and we could do so much more bigger content, better content. Uh, and, you know, we have a new theme song, which everybody yes! heard in the intro. Oh, my God. Yes. 
Can't I, forget about that. How do we not talk about that? I forgot. And I think it turned out great. Um, it's similar to our old theme song, which we asked, you know, for, you know, elements of that to, to still be there. Um, but it's 100% ours. It's our own original theme song for half mm -hmm. the cast. And I think it turned out pretty great. Yeah, I agree. So. Um, with that, uh, I know just for this, we wanted to shout him out, right? Um, yes. The dude that did it for us. Uh, I know him as Jake. That's all he wants to be known as Jake. Um, you know, we commissioned it from him. I'll leave his SoundCloud and stuff in the description. Big shout out to him. And thank you uh, for giving us our new theme song. Um, check him out on there. I'll leave links in the description and stuff like that. So, yeah, he did a great job and he, he pretty much followed all of our instructions on like what we wanted it to yeah. encompass and, you know, sound like. So good job, Jake. Thank you. Yeah. And then before we move into the stuff that we'd normally do, Brett, we also have another person quote unquote to introduce if you will say that's it. right that's right josh listen in the past we've had you know a third chair we've had um a couple of our friends on the podcast with us and it was a three-man show multiple times but yeah. now it's a two-man show and a little something else so why don't you explain what's going on with that yeah so you heard him at the top of the show okay her at the top of the show uh hbot why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself real quick again Welcome to Haptic HQ. My name is HBot. Yeah. So we have a third person and their name is her name is HBot and uh yeah, she'll be joining us from time to time. She took care of the set, she does the video editing, she takes care of all this stuff now cuz we were tired of doing it ourselves basically. And uh yeah, so that's it. Look, we're called Haptic Intel, Haptic Intelligence. Mm -hmm. What else is intelligent? AI, and that's what we got. We got our own AI here yeah. at Haptic HQ. What else can we say? Yeah. H4T1C is her name, otherwise known as HBot. So that's right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So, Brett, before we get into our main topics, it's been a while, right? For obvious reasons, mm -hmm. which we've talked about. What What's going on? What have you been playing? What have you been doing? Well, Josh, truthfully, I haven't done much gaming lately. Wow. Um, listen, you got to pack all this stuff up from our previous studios and bring them all here. You know, it was, yeah. we were very busy and there was a lot we had to get done. Yeah. Uh, I did, however, get, get the chance to check out the new Monster Hunter game for Switch. Uh, oh, the yeah. demo did drop for that. Mm -hmm. So I did get to play a little bit of that. And I'm very pleased to say that it plays more like Monster Hunter World than it does like the other Monster Hunter games. And if you're a fan of the old Monster Hunter games, you know, that's fine. But me personally, I prefer the more open nature of World where you didn't have to load the different areas every time you, you know, were chasing the monster. Right. So that's great. Uh, I've also, you know, been playing a lot of Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops, Cold War with you, Zombies mode. Yeah. Uh, which we've been, we've been fans of zombies for so long. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense for us mm -hmm. to be into that. And then, you know, wrapping it up, just things I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of Netflix, Asian Netflix live action shows. Mm -hmm. uh, Sweet Home, the Korean show first, which you watched as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think we can both say that we liked it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the Japanese show, Alice in Borderland, is it called? Mm-hmm. I've, I've been watching that as well. I'm on episode like five or six of that. Oh, okay. So, so you're, you're almost there. Yeah. And I'm enjoying both of them. Yeah. Uh, I think Sweet Home was a little, in my opinion, was a better show. But Alice in Borderland is shaping up to be a cool idea. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, pretty much same for me. Uh, we did also play um, 
Little Home, Little Hope, Little Home. Oh, we did uh, play Little Hope. You're right. The, the Dark Pictures anthology, Little Hope. Uh, we played through it, yeah. beat it. Um, much we liked Man of Madon, but I think this was much better than Man of Madon. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I have a similar issue with this game as I did with the first one, where like it's so the choices and the changes are so vague that you you know and we like we made the right choices through that entire game like we did we were like okay this 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 we got to the end everybody was alive and then a stupid fucking mechanic was revealed that we didn't even know existed and kind of felt cheated at the end there if you will but it's all right yeah we we lost two characters after we played through the whole game almost flawlessly two characters died automatically just because of a mechanic that we didn't know existed in the game um and it gave us an ending that kind of sucked. Not sucked, but it would have been a much cooler ending if everyone had made it out. Yeah. So I agree. I agree with you there. Um, I beat Cyberpunk. Um, and that might... I've been playing Little Big Planet. Or not Little Big Planet. Uh, Sackboy's Big Adventure too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, we've been seeing with the move. And, you know, that's that's it. Yeah, and, you know, the alleyways here, you know just to get all of our stuff inside the warehouse here was it was rough the alleyways are so tight and narrow yeah um so getting all of our stuff in here was a nightmare yeah. especially these uh these new you know pieces of furniture that we have in here yeah and especially digging our underground facilities and stuff too it's you know oh yeah it's yeah it, it was a nightmare yeah it is but you know we're here so it's worth it yeah absolutely well with that brett let's uh let's hop into our first main topic of the day all right. You want me to take it away? Yeah, go for it. Do it. All right, Josh. This is something that you knew about a lot of, like, way for, like way more than me. I had no idea what this was about. Um, but essentially what's happening is Duracell apparently isn't secretly paying Microsoft to put AA batteries in Xbox controllers. I didn't even know this was a controversy, but apparently it was. Do you recall so- this being a big deal? Well, I mean, maybe not necessarily in like the sphere of other people, but for me, and I know I have complained to you for a long time. I'm like, dude, Dorcel has to have some kind of deal with Xbox that they keep fucking packaging these stupid fucking batteries. So listen, every other major console makers controller and every other like major controller, even like Stadia and even the Steam controller and stuff all have rechargeable batteries inside built into the controller. So you can just charge it and you don't have to worry about like external batteries. Xbox forever, including with the fucking Series X, still packages two little Duracell batteries, double A's, with the controller for you. So you have to replace the control the controller batteries. And they don't last that long. Now, yes, they have plain charge kits and external stuff that you can use with it, but it doesn't come with it. You always have to buy peripherals or just keep buying batteries, which is fucking abysmal. That's right. So let's let's break down like what happened here and why this became such a big thing overnight so there is a gaming news site called stealth optional and they did an interview with duracell's uk marketing manager luke anderson yeah. which i don't know why you would be at hitting up duracell's marketing manager asking for an interview but hey he did or they did yeah um and luke anderson told them that there's always been this partnership with duracell and xbox it's a constant agreement that duracell and microsoft have in place yeah, it's a very vague, vague statement. They have a agreement. They have something in place. What does that mean necessarily? Who knows, right? Yeah. Well, Stealth Optional published the article with the interview, 
with the headline, Xbox controllers still use AA batteries due to a constant agreement with Duracell. What the fuck? What were you, what are you thinking? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you publish that? So then all these other gaming news sites started picking this article up and citing right. it. Right. And it just, it, it became fake news. Right. So, um, Xbox's marketing manager, was it? I don't know if I have the, I don't have um, the person here. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, an Xbox, a Microsoft spokesperson told Eurogamer that this is straight up not true. Uh, they intentionally offer consumers choice in their battery, battery solutions for our standard Xbox wireless controllers. Uh, that's the reason why it's standard wireless Xbox controllers still use AA batteries uh, instead of building one inside the controller. Listen, besides the fake news aspect of this stuff, okay, because, I mean, could have fooled me that you didn't have a fucking deal with Duracell since you've been packaging them in your consoles and your controllers for years. Um, but you want to give users a choice? Like, with that? Come on, dude. Come on. Now, there is, you can play devil's advocate, and you can say with a PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4 controller, you know, if the battery does eventually go, like go, go, like dies for good, you can't replace that. You have to get a whole new controller, which does, it does suck, right? I guess. But, but... um, it's just so much more convenient for the user to just be able to plug your controller in right away. And yeah. And, and, and to my up. knowledge, that's not really a widespread issue as long as you put a decent battery in there. Um, I haven't heard about that's too many, That's true. I haven't heard about too many people's, you know, Nintendo, like our Switch Pro controllers or DualShock 4s or whatever, like dying because of the battery. Sure, it might not last as long the older it gets, like all batteries. That makes sense. But yeah. to me, this is like such a no-brainer. Just put a fucking battery in the controller like everybody else and move on. Like, I don't. Yeah, I mean, like, you might get a controller that charges a little less than normal mm -hmm. when it gets older. But usually you don't really see them die straight up like that. Yeah. Unless there's some kind of a shortage or, you know, yeah. a drastic problem with the controller. Yeah. But, like, I have PlayStation 4 controllers from launch still that they still charge and they still play. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know if that's really necessarily a big a big issue. Yeah, I agree. I think they just put a battery in there, a rechargeable one standard, and get on with their lives. Yeah. It's, this is a good example of, you know, how fake news and shit like this spreads so rapidly and so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um. I think stealth, stealth optional, no offense, you guys kind of drop the ball and, and jump the gun a little bit. Right. And, you know, sure, they have an agreement in place, but why don't you, why didn't you dig a little deeper and find out, you know, why would you just assume one thing is X is one way because of Y? That's not necessarily true. I think Their agreement is that they, they package that brand of battery in with the controller that doesn't necessarily mean that's why they don't put rechargeable batteries right 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 i think it's one of those things that's just like oh this is gonna get a lot of hits let's get it out oh yeah and we're we're you know guilty of that as well we do that with our titles and thumbnails yeah. all the time but when it's something like this the headline was what's the headline again oh. xbox controllers still use double a batteries due to a constant agreement with their cell that's yeah. not that's not right right yeah it's false, unfortunately. Fake news. Yes. But, I mean, you could have fooled me again, um, which is why I think it was so believable when it came out, because it's like, oh, yeah, that makes complete sense why they still do that. Yeah. Um, and the player's choice thing is such a PR corporate answer. Yes. 
they wanted to give the players the choice to do whatever they wanted, you know. Right. Okay, sure. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add? Nah. All right. Well, Josh, then we're going to move on to our next topic, which something I found on Twitter and I thought was interesting, and I think you might think it's pretty interesting as well. Hit me uh, with it. <laughs> so, Josh, a modder discovered that Nintendo's most advanced Miis are hiding inside of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So if you don't know, which you should know, the Wii yeah. is one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Mm-hmm. And with the the Wii launched Miis, which are little characters that you create for yourself. Uh, you can customize their hair, their eyes, their mouth, everything about them, right? Yep. So what happened over this week was a Twitter user named Hey I'm Heroic posted a discovery that seemed to confirm that me-like parameters had been used to create NPCs in Breath of the Wild. By using modding to inject custom Mii's details into the game and seeing their familiar cartoon faces renders as Hylians in Breath of the Wild's art style. So if you scroll down in our notes here, Josh, you'll actually be able to see some examples of that. Oh my so God. on the left there, you have Barrett from Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. That's his me turned into an NPC in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Matt, which is a famous me from Wii Sports turned into an NPC. And you can kind of see the creative liberties that Breath of the Wild takes with the me's when it generates the character. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. Matt's beard looks a little bigger than usual. Yeah. It like um, makes like a high res image from like a really like chibi almost model. <laughs> exactly. Um so these results seem to prove that Breath of the Wild's NPCs are a form of advanced Mies, a point that the game's code helps support by referring to these as Yumis. <laughs> so there's a whole new breed of Mies called Yumis. We've ascended. We've ascended. We ha- we have absolutely ascended, Josh. Um and then when asked if this was the most advanced version of Mies that Hey I'm Heroic has ever discovered, they explained this is easily the most intricate usage of Mies yet. In fact, it is so complex, it's hard to still call them Mies. <laughs> Depending on how strict your definition of what a me is, you can say that these aren't even Mies at all. Oh my God. Previously, I thought the most interesting use of Mies was actually in Super Mario 3D Land, of all games, where some levels you get are based on your Mies favorite color, but this definitely takes the cake. So I thought that that quote was interesting because they do mention that Mies have been used in certain Nintendo games as well, like Super Mario 3D Land, to impact the level based on the color of your Mies outfit. Right. Um, but this is straight up just like they're using the Mii generator to create NPCs, which yeah. is actually a really smart way to get around, you know, having to make characters for your game. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So what do you think, man, about these you Mies? What do you think? I mean, I think it's, listen, I think it's cool. I think it's fun. I think it's lighthearted. I think it's uh, interesting. And I also, I, I think it's um, weird, <laughs> too, that, like, why, why, why does that, like, why did they do that? You know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm misunderstanding, but is it not just, like, code in there that upscales these, like, lower things that makes it work like this? Like, why would that be in the game? So the per- this person that figured all this out, the modder, hey, I'm heroic, they are actually taking commissions where they can inject your me, if you send all the parameters for your, your personal me, mm-hmm. they can inject your me into Breath of the Wild. But they did say that reverse engineering that and turning a Breath of the Wild character into a me is not as easy. Right. 
Okay. So there there has to be some parameters in there where, you know, the Yumi's are a little more advanced. So I guess turning a Yumi into a me is hard, but vice right. versa is easy. Yeah. Um, um, but I mean, yeah, hey, I it's it's cool. Um, you know, I, it seems like it was only it's only for NPCs that it works right now. So you could you could yes. I guess could potentially do like what like entire villages of like your friends or something like that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I could see this could be something like streamers and like content creators and stuff used as like, you know, like jokes and things like that. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's a nice little story. It is a nice little story. Uh, and you, you made a good point there when you said it's only the NPCs. Uh, all of the main characters have like their own custom character models. It's only these NPCs that right. you could do this with. Right, right. Um, and I do want to point out that Hey, I'm Heroic on their Twitter. You can go check that out. They yeah. actually have a website with like a complete history of Mies and it's almost like a wiki for Mies and any, wow. any me that has ever appeared in a game for Nintendo is on there. Um, and it like shows you all the games that they were in all their models, what they looked like. And there was even like something called like golden Mies and fake Mies and Josh, I don't know what the fuck that means, but I think I'm going to have to check it out because I didn't realize there was such a huge me subculture, dude. I didn't either. But this person is like the me expert. That's so. cool. Well, I'm going to follow them on Twitter. They have this. Most of this came from Twitter, right? And then they have their own website. Yeah, I think this was picked up by a couple of news outlets, um, but you could follow them. Uh, hey, I'm heroic on Twitter. Right. So go check that out. I'm gonna check and it out. like I said, they're doing commissions, so if you want to inject your me, I mean, their list might be very large right now with all the people that are interested, but... Probably. Um, Damn. Yeah, man. Get some me's. Get some you me's, man. They're going to need to create an entire freaking, you know, squad of people to start injecting these me's into the game. That's how many yeah. requests Well, hey, like, like you said, this could be something that's pretty popular with, like, streamers and stuff like that, but also, yeah. like, it's like commissioned artwork, essentially. It's oh, like yeah, you're getting true. a portrait. Yeah, you know, that's true. That's very true. Um, there's a lot of things that I think this could apply to. So yeah, I think it's cool, man. Absolutely. Well, thanks for all the me and you me uh, work you've been doing over on Twitter. Hey, I'm heroic. And uh, yeah, everyone go check them out. Yep. All right. So moving from something that's fun and lighthearted and nice to something that a little vague and maybe not so lighthearted, maybe not so nice. Capcom, as of January 6th, 2021, has updated their video policy for content creators, okay? The original post that they made was on Twitter. Um, they were like, attention all creators, you know, here, here's our updated video policy, okay? So I know I sent this to you after I saw it. We both read through it, and I told you some of the things that I was confused by, and I was like, what does this mean specifically, um, and vice versa, okay? So I put almost everything that was on that release on here that's applicable. I'm not going to read through all of this, but there's some specific things that I want to talk about with this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, do it. Um, so I think there's a lot that's fine with this, right? Like a lot of it is stuff that's already, like would really already be applied in fair use, right? Um, a lot of it is already kind of no-brainer stuff, and it, they're not changing a lot of that. Um, so creative content, you can make walkthroughs, tutorials, let's plays, reactions, whatever it is. Um, you know, step-by-step -step guides, as long as, you know, you're adding, you know, instructional or educational value or 
you know, some kind of entertainment value to the content, right? So you can continue mm -hmm. to do that. Game footage posted online. Okay. It says you should not share game footage online without adding your own video or content. Okay. Which makes sense. Um, unless the game console or device permits sharing of the game footage. Okay. This is the, one of the big ones. I was like, what are you, what are you saying here? Like, it seems like it's muddying it up. So let me, let me read it. In I was its just going to say that. Let me read it. It's an entirety. And then I want to hear what your thoughts are. Cause I still don't understand this game footage okay. posted online. Okay. That's the subheading. You should not share game footage online without adding your own video without adding your own video or content, unless the game console or device permit sharing of game footage. You may not split up our game content into components, so visual, vocal, in-game elements, music, etc., and distribute such components as separate content. I get that, right? Making your own, like, oh, I'm going to have the footage, and then I'm going to have the music, and then I'm going to have the audio. Like, I, I get that. I don't think people... Sounds like that's like ripping assets almost. Yeah. Uh, people don't typically do that for monetary gain anyway. But this first line, you should not share game footage online without adding your own video or content. Okay, that makes sense. Unless the game console or device permits sharing of game footage. What does that mean? Are they saying then you can't do like walkthroughs or guides or anything like that if you don't have like your own video over it? Or your thing that you're making the video from doesn't allow you to save video? Con what? Yeah, this, it muddies it a lot, like you said, because essentially what they're saying is like, it falls under fair use already, which is you can't just upload something and, and you know, make money off of it if there's no transformative nature of it, right? So they're saying mm -hmm. you have to add your own video or content, right? So me and you, we talked about this, you and I, about walkthroughs and and stuff like that for, for YouTube. If someone's making a game walkthrough, um, do they have to like put a video of themselves or can they just have the text on top of it? How does that yeah, work? Cause some people just use their voice or use text. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. for like guides and things like that. You know, there's like a whole, yeah. there's like really two big subcultures with guides on YouTube. And one is like the more interactive entertainment type of guide. Right. And there's another one that's very like no audio, no anything. Here's where everything Straight to is the point. text. Right. And people like different things and learn differently and that's fine. So I just, I don't think that's what this means. Like it's going to inhibit that type of content. But if creators right now make their living, right, of just doing very bare, not bare bones, but like very to the point, concise guides, I hope that this is not saying that they can't do that with their game footage. Yeah, absolutely. And then just the fact that it says unless the device permits the sharing of game footage. Yeah. What does that mean? You, you can't use a you know, like a PVR or a digital video recorder, like a, a game capture device, you have to use yeah. the PlayStation 4 or 5's built-in system or the Switch. Like, what does that, what does that mean? Why does that matter? I don't know. That, that, and this is the most updated version of this too. So I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, so you know, maybe I'm just stupid. You know, I don't know. You know how some games it'll say like, uh, a gameplay recording has stopped because of a cutscene or something like that? Yeah. On the PlayStation. Yeah. Maybe that's what they mean in that there's like certain things that they don't want spoiled in their games. And like, if you post that, that means the only way you could have got that is through using an outside external digi digital video recorder. Oh, 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 oh. Or, or maybe. That's the only explanation. Or maybe, maybe, maybe it means more so like um, direct ripped content released by Capcom, like trailers, footage or like leaked stuff or whatever, like maybe it's like, hey, you have to capture your own footage. 
maybe, but the fact that they're like saying you have to get it from your console is just weird. I don't, yeah. I don't get that. Because there is a separate section. I don't know if I put it on here. There's a separate section about spoil. Yeah, spoilers. Any posting or other unauthorized disclosure of game content prior to a game's official release is strictly prohibited. Obviously, even after an official game release, spoilers can ruin the fans' experience, and we always aim to avoid them. Please be respectful of others and do not deliberately push plot reveals on people who are actively avoiding learning about them. Otherwise, please offer spoiler disclaimers as a courtesy. I don't know. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I thought that one in particularly was confusing. And then I know, I think there's one more that we talked about. Um, so let's see. Game footage posted online. You should not share game footage online without adding your own video game content unless the game console or device permits sharing of game footage. Oh, that's what we just talked about. I'm sorry. Um, not official Capcom video. Fam content may not be promoted as official Capcom content. Obviously, um, you won't get any DMCA copyright strikes for Capcom music specifically, but, you know, some of their games contain, you know, licenses for outside, you know, not original Capcom music, so you can't use that. Um, audience appropriate. Okay. Audience appropriate. So all fan-created content should be appropriate for the audience of the Capcom games. For example, if you tape game content for a younger audience and make it objectionable, we reserve the right to take it down. So is that like if it's a Mega Man with a big penis drawing, they could take it down? I guess. Or it's like you can't like promote Resident Evil Village, which is like a strictly M game to like, I don't know, 10-year-olds or something like that. I I don't know. I thought that one particularly too was uh, strange. Yeah, that they had to incorporate that. I do remember seeing something about. I see it here. Um, permissible monetization. Yes. Um, it was basically saying like you can't use assets from Capcom games for Twitch emotes, right? Um, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting, and it, it begs the question: like, what about fan art? Is it okay if it's fan art and not a direct rip of your asset? Who knows? Probably, um, you know, as long as I don't think you're making direct money off of that. But that one was, you know, yeah, a little interesting wording. And then they have something about unauthorized usage here. We do not allow usage of or promotion of third-party content, uh, third-party programs, including hacks, cheating, etc., or devices that circumvent intended protection of Capcom titles. Additionally, we do not allow Capcom content to be uploaded to a platform for which rights have not been granted, such as the creation of Twitch emotes. Oh, okay, and that continues with that. Yeah. And that's, like, sad because the modding community is so huge, and it's really good to see a company embrace modding rather than demonize it. Yeah. Especially if it's, like, an older game. This is almost worded like, hey, if you do create content about hacking our games then we're going to take it down or something like that. It's almost what yeah. it seems like. We'll take action. Yeah, which is stupid. I mean, look at how much people did with, uh, you know, Resident Evil uh, 3 remake, which is their last release. Yes. Now, listen, a lot of it is like just making <laughs> Jill and people have like huge tits. Uh, I get that. Yeah, new but, mods and stuff like that. Yeah, but hey, man, if people want to do that, then that's fine. You know, I don't think, I think a company should be like, Hey, I know this is part of our community. As long as it's not like illegal, then who cares? I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you. See, the thing is like, I'm torn because good for Capcom for putting this together and, you know, making something concrete that you could refer true. to and know if you're breaking the rules, true. but at the same time, it, it muddies itself. It, it, it's not clear. 
it's not clear at, at points it contradicts itself um yeah i'm looking through it again right now it's just uh they need to make it not lawyer speak they need to make it for the people that it's intended to go to you know the content creators are going to be reading this right right and something it's always something that we talk about on this channel um is like how fair use really is not that confusing um in and of itself but that people that legislate it or enforce it make it confusing or interpret it the way that it shouldn't be interpreted and things like this i think can be helpful but i think the further like can it just the way that it's worded like you said i think makes it confusing for people that are reading it like us um you know the intended audience yeah yeah uh, because yeah. we don't want copyright strikes and things like that. And I, again, nobody, listen, dude, nobody is trying to rip Capcom games and make money off of them. Okay. And the few people that are doing that, right. That exist maybe, which who knows if it's even possible anymore. I'm stupid. I don't even know if you can rip games like content off of that anymore and sell it. There are probably people doing that, but you content creators like on YouTube and Twitch and modding communities aren't doing that for that. You know what I mean? Like they're not making money off yeah. of your intellectual property like that. They're not ripping it. I think they're more so worried that someone's going to like just take the full game and put it up on YouTube and not transform it at all. And then you don't have to buy the game. You could just watch that. Yeah, that's what I think they're they're really worried about. That makes sense. Uh, and people are going to do that anyway, probably. Um, but I would say the majority of people are actually making their own content, whether it's a Let's Play um, whether it's people, you know, there's people that cut together, you know, all the in-game cinematics and make it like a movie and things like that. Stuff like that is transformative. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, let's move on here. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, unfortunately, kind of more legal stuff, more legal trouble, uh, mumbo jumbo stuff, Josh. Mm -hmm. um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the game, which is a title previously lost to time is coming back and it will have a physical release josh this is huge this is this is huge this is a game that it's not like this game was really bad this game was loved this game has i think i wrote here a 77 on metacritic which isn't like crazy but this was a game that was published by ubisoft it was made by like a little rinky dink team that didn't get uh, enough attention or they didn't get all the resources that they could have used for this mm -hmm. and they made a game it's a beat-em-up has a great soundtrack by uh, Anamanaguchi, and it's an awesome game yeah. right it mimics the game mimicked the cult-like nature of the original uh comics or graphic novels or whatever they were the cult-like nature of the movie that was directed by Edgar Wright and then the game itself had like a cult-like nature of it you know what I mean? Exactly. So exactly. It's, it, they all like represent each other that way. Exactly. Um, so unfortunately, the game was released in 2010. And unfortunately, in 2014, the game's license ran out, whether that was right. the music from Anamanaguchi, or it was the license with um, I think his name is Brandon Lee O'Malley, the creator of Scott yeah. Pilgrim. Yeah, who knows what it was, but the license ran out and the game was removed from all digital marketplaces. That meant, Josh, that the only way you could play the game is if you had it downloaded on a console from when it was, you know, still up. Right. Uh, it was a sad time. It was it was one of those games that was lost to time forever, and it was highly regarded, much like uh, PT 
released by Konami and, and Hideo Kojima. It's a game that was, you know, sucked off by the fans. Yep. And it was taken away and you couldn't ever do anything with it. It was gone. Nope. So good news came at Ubisoft's E3 uh, conference last year, 2020. They revealed that Scott Pilgrim versus the game was getting put out again. It was getting remade on all, you know, modern consoles. Uh, but the big thing, Josh, was what is going to happen if it's a digital-only release? Is this going to happen again? Mm-hmm. We want a physical copy of this thing. Because right. if you have a disc or a little cartridge with a game on it, you could always pop it in. You don't ever risk losing it at all. Right. And unfortunately, that's the space we're in now with games, right? I mean, yeah. you can see it all the time. You can license revoked at any time. Exactly. So... Thankfully, Josh, Limited Run Games, which you might know from uh, their Vita games that they've done. They've done yeah. uh, PlayStation 4 games before. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you, don't know, if you don't know who Limited Run Games is and you're watching this, they're slick. Okay? That's it. They are slick. They're very slick. Um, they release these physical versions of these digital-only games, which is awesome for preservation. Um, they put them in a cool package. You know, sometimes they come with a little bit of extra goodies in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the, the box art is like super cool and different from the original artwork that they used on the digital storefronts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have reversible covers. Um, but anyway, Limited Run Games is taking care of the physical version of, of Scott Pilgrim, and it's going to be produced for Switch, PS4, and eventually the Xbox One. So every console's mm-hmm. there. Cool. Several different versions of the game are going to be produced. There is... Um, I think like a $30 version, a $60 version. There's like a $130 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, I'm sure the Haptic Bot, HBot can put up images of the different versions of yeah. the limited run games release as yep. we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, no problem, Brett. But like the most expensive one is like this big box that like you would put like, um, you know, like when bands have shows, they have those big gig boxes that they open up and have all their equipment in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those tour boxes. It has a stage with all the characters on it, rocking out, has lights shining down on it. There's music playing when you open the box. And then underneath all of that is like the collector, um, collector's version of the game, which is like a Sega Genesis box, like one of those old clamshells. Mm-hmm. You open that up, then the actual game is in there, a regular case. Um, what else? I think it comes with a concert ticket stub, a pin set of like each character has their own pin um I'm, I'm probably forgetting so many cool things that it comes with um but wow it's like the ultimate package it's like it's like it's almost like we had nothing and now we have like everything all at once yeah. and it's like overload you know listen the slick limited run always does a good job we've actually i don't know if met is the right word but we've seen them like <clears throat> in person when we went to too many games and stuff like that they always had those yep. booths with everything set up um they almost, uh, it's not a great comparison because they do more so publishing stuff rather than development, obviously. But they are they are the blue point to the publishing aspect of like game stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. They are bringing games back to life, just yeah. like Blue Point does, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, very different, but also very similar. I see what you're saying. And yeah. uh, listen, if you're a fan of Scott Pilgrim, uh, the comics, if you're a fan of the films, if you've never played the game, it's awesome. It's really cool. It's really fun. It's a beat em up. Uh, I think it's four players all at once, so you could couch co op with your friends and all yeah. of you play a different character. Um, so check it out. It's it's really cool. And 
the fact that, uh, you know, it was such a small team working on it. And there's so many videos you could watch and documentaries now about the game and the, and the development process of the game. It'll make you appreciate it a lot more once you once you find out the history of it. So good stuff. Yeah, it's back. I love it. All right. All right, Brett. So this week, uh, I mean, we, we usually end this every week um, with uh, indie intel, right? Giving light to some sort of indie game, smaller studio, something like that. Um, this week's going to be a little bit different, and this is all being run by you. So take it away from here. What are we, What's going on here? Yeah, so I don't really know how to explain what's happening here, but essentially, Josh, I'm on YouTube, and I found this channel that publishes videos about really obscure, really cool indie games. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's a game jam game or it's something you know made by like one guy. Yep. They do a let's play of the whole of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I watched it. I watched this channel and I found a game that kind of blew me away a little bit. I was like, wow, that was really impactful. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. The game is called One Last Game and it is by Goose Ladder Games. Much different than how we usually do Indie Intel Josh. I know we always said we wanted to, you know, maybe, you know, play the demo of the game on the channel or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we had all these different things we want to do. Well, that's what we're going to do. This game is short. It's less than 10 minutes long. Um, wow. We're going to play it right now. I want to get your live reactions. I've seen it before. You have no idea anything about it. No so idea. we're going to we're going to play it and I'm going to, you know, watch you play it and we're going to talk about it. So take it all away. Right. Well, let's do that. But to do that, Brett, obviously, we're not set up here for a let's play. So no. We're going to have to go to the, uh, the uh, what do we call it? The theater. The theater. H yeah, the game room, the theater downstairs. The game room. All right. H-Bot, take us away, baby. Brett, we are in the theater. That is right, Josh. We're in the theater, and we're going to be playing one last game. Okay. So I think the premise of the game is you're playing checkers with a friend. Um, oh. Clearly things are not um, ideal, as you can see from this face. Right. You're playing checkers. There's a storm outside or, or something's going on, Josh, but... Okay. Just play some checkers with your buddy. Playing checkers with my friend right now. Okay. Oh. Everything is getting schmecked up on the board right now. That's right. Okay, he took my piece. I'm going to take his piece then. Oh, I can't because it's schmecked up. Well. Do what you can. It was loud. Okay. Where are we? Like fucking war-torn Russia right now? where you are dude this is the jankiest game of checkers i've ever played in my entire life hey listen given the circumstances yeah now we're playing by candlelight okay uh actually can i dude checkers is messed up right now oh what i thought he was gonna take your piece Dude, the pieces are all over the place. It looks like he just moved two places. Can I move this? I guess so. Well, that shouldn't be go. happening. I shouldn't be next to each other. It's all right. We're doing our best here, given the circumstances. Can I move this? 
Dude, that is loud in my ears right now. Okay. Took my piece. Now I'm gonna take your piece. This is my friend. He looks sad. Why is my friend so sad? Oh, there's a knock on the door. Who's there, Brett? He just take. Oh, he just double jumped me. Why is it? Can I open the door? Dude, it's loud. Can I open the door? I'm clicking it. Nothing's happening. Dude, what is that noise? I can't even click my pieces now. Dude, they're aggressive at the door right now, my man. Door is shaking. Dude, my man's. My man is my man looking at the door. He's like unfazed. Oh my god, it's loud. What do you want? He's holding my hands. What's going on? Hello. Thanks for playing. What happened? Brett, what happened? I think it it's a little ambiguous. I think it could, you know, be up to interpretation, but clearly there was something going on outside. Um So here's my take on it. Is that this was probably taking during world place during World War Two. Um and we were getting bombed. And then the Gestapo or somebody were coming to knock at the door and uh, take us away somewhere. And it was just one last moment of normality. Yeah. You know, before things went absolutely nuts. For did, I, did I interpret that right, you think? I think so. That's that's what I took it as as well. Um, very short, very quick game. Um, this was actually made at a game jam. So they only had like 48 hours or something to make this. Yeah. Um, I just thought for what it was, it's very impactful and effective. Yeah, and sad. How simple, and very sad. When your friend puts his hand on top of you, yeah, comforting you at the end there, you you know, like, oh boy, something something very bad is happening. Um, but you know, we always, you and I always talk about how games are art, and I think that though you know, it looks you know, not amateurish, but it, it has a different style. It's not like the most polished thing. Yeah. What an effective, what an effective title this was. And yeah. With just obviously like some basic code with the, uh, the checkerboard stuff. Um, and then, you know, the sound effects of the door and the bombs. Exactly. So, you know, it was a scripted game. Obviously, they had all the. I think it was actually like time based, where no matter what you did in the actual checkers game, uh, you know, all that was going to happen regardless. So, right. All right. Well, thank you yeah. for sharing. Let's uh, let's go back to the studio, shall we? Take it away. Hbot, take us up. Like and subscribe. So yeah, um, one last game. You know, I thought it would be interesting to share with you and our, you know, viewers as well. So go check it out. Uh, we'll leave a link in the description. You can actually play it right in your browser if you guys are interested in checking it out, uh, sharing it with your your loved ones and friends. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's Indie Intel. Yeah. Indie Intel this week. Thanks for sharing that, Brett. Of course. That was cool. Of course. We should do more stuff like that where we just play a quick little clip of uh, whatever, indie, if there's a demo um, or it's something yeah. that's already been released, just a quick little part of it. I like that. Yeah, I agree. I think it could really benefit the, you know, the channel and the and the and the indie intel as well. I mean, we'll get more out of the game if we actually get to try it rather than just talking about it, right? So right, yeah. Well, that um, 
That'll pretty much do it, I guess, for this week, yeah? Yeah, that's it, man. So, I mean, this was our first week in the new set. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, you know, Brett and I are glad to be back together. Um, just a quick update, uh, and I guess ask from you all, is to just kind of bear with us um, this next week or so, um, as our upload schedule is going to be not sporadic, but just different than it would typically. Um, and then hopefully after this next week, um, we'll be back to kind of normal. Um, we still have some you know last minute stuff to get set up here, uh, a lot more work to do. Um, so just kind of bear with us as we move forward and, you know, work out some kinks, uh, with our new studio and everything. So. Absolutely. And again, thank you guys so much for, uh, checking out Haptic Intel, checking out, uh, Hapticast here and make sure you like and you comment. We want to know what you think. Let us know what you think of the new theme song. Yes. What you think of the new set, mm -hmm. uh, the new intro that Josh put together, a little trip down memory lane, which I, I really do like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and make sure you guys subscribe and share with a friend or something, you know? Yeah. That's all I got. Yep, so that'll do it for us for this week. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Brett. Thank you, HBOT. No problem, Josh. Um, and that'll do it for us. We'll see you guys uh, later in the next one. All right? HBOT, take us away. Thank you for watching Hapticast. Please like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you do not miss an upload.